What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Middlecoff, back at it. Hey, behaves. Don't stop, can't stop. Blue collar, hashtag. We just keep on grinding, guy. Just keep on swinging our pick. I mean, I am now. Maybe it's because I've had two espressos and another a coffee espresso, like a grounded coffee home machine espresso. On top of that, maybe it's that I'm watching golf, bunch of baseball games, and we got the NCAA tournament tonight. But I, I'm, uh, I'm bouncing off the walls right now, Middlecoff. This is Thursday, March 28th. Is one hell of a sports day. What, uh, what time does your alarm usually go off? Uh, five ten. God damn. Now, what time do I get out of bed? Different question. What's the latest you've gotten out of bed? 6.10? No, usually before 6, I'm out of bed. But usually, I would say average bed exit, 640, uh, 5.40, 5.40 Pacific AM. So so you get minimum three, uh, sometimes four snoozes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. That, that, that'll happen. I'm not a big uh, get out of bed, jump out of bed. Well, you, my body well sometimes you read a motivational book. Yeah. Like anyone that snoozes, their alarm is not ready for the day. That's right. Like, you know, it's great in theory, but then fuck, you set an alarm before like six o'clock or hell, I'd even argue seven. You're like, God, I'm pretty tired right now. If, if like on the list of things I wish I was able to do, wake up, pop out at 5 a.m. and hit the gym first thing in the morning is very high on the list. Don't have it in me. I've tried many times. That that workout, the quality of that workout, John, is like I look like NBA player on the third night of a three straight road trip game, and you just know it's a schedule loss. That's what I look like at the gym at five fifteen a.m. Yeah, I, I I've been working out a lot in the morning, just getting it over with. Yeah, that's great. But again, morning, you know, it's like you know we're gonna record a podcast at ten. I can get to the gym by eight. That's great. <laughs> but you got you you know you got something to happen. But then I can attack the rest of my day, that's guy. Right. I I you know it's not just. What oh four five six seven o'clock? I can just keep on working right. or watch some games. Well, and, it's, and it feels great when you've already had the shower in. Like the shower in the afternoon to me feels like a waste of time. When you hit it in the morning, uh, like when I get the noon gym in, that's that feels really good. Do you shower before the show? In the morning? No, 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 absolutely no not. chance. I saw Sean Estes today. He thought I'd just come out of the gym. I was like, no, dude, I just it's just a radio show. 
Yeah, I'd probably need to shower before I did a morning show just to wake me up. Yeah, that's what the double espresso does. Soon yeah. I think it's going to be a triple. This podcast is brought to you by Ease.com. Promo code HAM. It's spelled E-A-Z-E. And it's the best delivery platform to get the best legal license and fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California and beyond. You know, guy, like the espresso, Ease has uppers. And I'm a big fan of the Sativa Sour Diesel. They got my pen. Used it a little bit last night because there really wasn't anything to watch. Uh, thank God tonight we got NCAA tournament games. Tomorrow we got NCAA tournament games. I got baseball on right now. The Yankees were up 3 nothing before he could even blink. We got Tiger is one down, and but Snedeker just hit a drive 375 yards. So we got a little problem. But other than that guy, Ease.com. Snedeker hit three. Well, it was down. If you catch the slope, all you yeah. got to do is carry it like 300, and it rolls another like 60 yards. But uh, pre-rolls, edibles, vapes, again, my favorite. Uh, so, some topicals when you know you got that you got the arthritis you got some pain you're lifting hard you need a little topical you go to ease.com guy you type in the promo code ham the promo code ham and you get $20 off your first purchase and then if you go over $50 you get a free delivery how do you beat that That's a, you don't 20 bucks off if you've already used ease eaze.com tell your friends tell them they'll get their 20 bucks off when they use the promo code ham and you'll always have the 50 bucks off like John said. Uh, excuse me, you'll always have the free delivery on the orders over $50. Great See, time. I, I'm a big believer guy. They say word of mouth is organic and it is, but you got to tell people about do word of mouth. Like yeah. so tell your friends. That's I don't right. just want to rely on the think that yeah, they'll probably tell their friends. I right. want you all to tell your friends. That's right. It helps. Tell them all. It supports the podcast. We appreciate it and it means you're a good friend. This podcast also brought to you by my bookie WGC, baseball futures, baseball games, NCAA tournament, AAF maybe this weekend. We'll see. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. Well, this morning, Jordan Spieth was a heavy underdog. Uh, or, excuse me, he was the favorite, and Kevin Na was kind of the underdog. He was like minus 110. And Jordan's been battling some stuff. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, hammer Kevin Na, hammer Kevin Na. Well, I'm looking right now, Jordan Spieth's five up. So, you know, even when the top guys struggle, they're still usually better than everyone else. I got Tiger right now. I got Matt Kuchar. I'm not even sure what hole he's on. Baseball gambling can be a little tough. You know, the, I think the analytic guys would say you'd like to get a little sample size before you start making some bets. The Giants, I think, are plus 115, plus 120, somewhere there today with Bumgarner on the hill. I've never even heard of the guy from the Padres. Um, but again, you go to my bookie, you, you can gamble on everything. I know they have, uh, we'll probably get in as we get closer to the draft, some draft, uh, props, uh, where guys will go top five, top 10, you know, how many receivers in the first round, oh, yeah. those are always fun. Mybookie.ag promo code ham and the numero uno. That's number one for those who don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Trying to think, Oh, John Rom's losing. But Kucher's losing too. God, this is this match play's tough, guy. Yeah. I mean, he's just I, I got I got Kucher. Oh, Tiger. Uh I could use Rom losing because Kucher already beat JB Holmes, but I wouldn't want Siwoo Kim to beat Kucher. I, I love seeing the pod like yesterday at the end of the day when it told me like it had the breakdown of all four guys in each pod. Um so pods go check are it out. Sweet, aren't they? Pods pods are awesome. Absolutely. This is whoever's idea this was. Even if it was just someone like, I think we should try this thing the World Cup does. It's pretty genius. It's smart. Absolutely. I'm a big it's, fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
maybe because it's so taxing, you can't do like five of these, but why not have, I think they do two. Why not, why not have like six? It's like every other tournament is a match play. <laughs> side, uh, just change the game. Ma- yeah. Just majors and match plays. Just college golf basically is what you're just yeah, all majors, college golf. Majors and match plays. And then just start the FedEx and like the end of July and boom, you're good to go. All right. What was what was the tournament you called last year? It was just top thirty players, right? Correct. The final, the FedEx Cup Championships. So they had like the three FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, and then if you accumulated enough points, you were in the top thirty. That's right. And then they just played a normal tournament, no cut, right? The, the points reset once the FedEx playoffs begin. There was no cut in the tournament you called. Correct. Everyone just played all four thirty. Enough. That was the problem, right? Is like Phil just wa- all Phil wanted to do was rest for the Ryder Cup. But poor yeah. Phil had to play four rounds of golf. Phil played the first two rounds like he thought there was a cut. Yeah, he and then he it. played the last two rounds like he definitely wished he had made the cut. I mean, hadn't yeah. made the cut. He carried over because they were terrible in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, it, he did not did not peak at the right time. It uh, does suck if you're a super rich guy and you're like, God, I I want to get cut. Can I go home? It, maybe just because you just got to stay to get the check. You're like, God, I just want to withdraw. <laughs> just a little too much. <laughs> little yeah. A little too, maybe just enough pride to hang around and not twist your ankle or something. Hammy. Well, do you, is that, does the rule for you got it, you, uh, in baseball where you got to face three batters for a reliever intact this year? No, I think they're trying, maybe they're trying it in, uh, uh, one of the independent leagues. Cause I heard Tolbert yesterday was like, so you're telling me that if you bring in a guy with one runner on and then he walks the first two guys and you would like, you're going to leave that guy in to face the third guy with so, the base loaded? So it's funny. I had this conversation with somebody, and they said, well, maybe there would be an exception if you walk the first two guys. And I said, well, I don't think you can do that because here's the problem, right? Let's say John Middlecoff is on deck. I've walked the first batter. I faced one guy. I walked him. I'm facing the second guy. John Middlecoff has 37 home runs, and he's sitting on deck. And I would rather well, – actually, let's say I didn't walk – yeah, let's say I walked the first guy. John Middlecoff's on deck. So I would rather face – I would rather have my best pitcher face lefty John Middlecoff. I'd rather bring a lefty in to face you with runners at first and second because maybe – I don't know. It's a tie game. This probably wouldn't happen. But I'd rather have that happen than have, say, a runner at second base and one out with you facing the guy that's on the mound right now. Does that make – I, I know it's a little Yeah, I've kind, of, I've kind of lost you. Again, <laughs> runner at first who walked. If you said walk two guys, I can pull you – then what would happen is I would intentionally walk that guy so I could pull my pitcher instead of having my lesser pitcher, maybe he's a righty, facing left-handed John Middlecoff. I'd walk the guy, put him in scoring position, then I'd bring in the lefty to face you. I, I see what you're saying, and I get, in theory, what they're trying to do, but that ain't it. Like, that's, that's changing the sport then. Right? That's a dramatic change. Yeah, I, I think, look, I don't like to put the runner at second base in extra To innings. me, it'd be like, that's like, uh, you can only run go routes, in the second, third, and fourth quarter, you know, it's just like you, you can't with your rules. You can't manipulate the game. That's, well, it's why I don't like to put the runner at second base in extra innings. In part because oh my my, right. my thing on extra innings is it's the tenth inning. It's already eleven o'clock. The people who've gone to bed have gone to bed. Like we don't need to speeding up the game in the tenth inning is not what we need. I, see, I, I'm I agree there because it's already late. Because uh, especially if, you, if you're just assuming that the majority of them are going to happen on nighttime games, but. Like, just let's pick up the pace a little bit. Well, you know? I'm, I'm with you picking up. I don't think the game in the 10th inning taking an extra hour is the problem, right? I think the pace of the game, that's why I don't – there are parts of me that doesn't hate the reliever thing, like make a guy face multiple guys. I, I actually don't – at first when I heard it, I hated it. 
I've kind of come around on it a little bit, although I'm not sure that I like it. But I think, have you seen the Major League Baseball? I guess we're starting with baseball here, John. Oh. Have you seen the Major League Baseball, the new ad they did, Let the Kids Play? Didn't they do that last playoffs? Maybe, but they're on, I don't, I'm not saying this ad campaign is changing the game, but they're on the right track. Basically what it is, is it starts with a bunch of the young stars just giving basic answers like, oh, you know, we're just going to go out there and play hard. And then one of them kind of starts air quotes, talking trash. And then someone else kind of talking trash. The point is it's trying to wake guys up a little bit or, or just allow for, Hey, bat flips are cool. Everybody bat flips are okay. Like I do think that. The, the pace of the game is one thing, but just letting bat flips and a little trash talk be okay, is that's good for the game. I completely agree. The problem, I think a lot of the players think that way, but it's ingrained in the culture throughout no minor leagues. And I'm driving the other day, and I hear Will Clark talking. Yep. What does Will Clark we do need for Will the Clark. Giants? Will Clark meets with a lot of their young guys. They fly him around. He works with them. His mindset, one thing he says he thought it was despicable and a joke that you can't light up dudes at second base. And I actually didn't necessarily disagree <laughs> with him and at home plate. Yeah. Like just the way he's the way he's wired and all that got all those guys of his generation, and I don't blame them for thinking that, but they impact because who are they sitting with? The twenty two year old in single A and they working with Will Clark. Like, no doubt. That's where remember what was the famous thing that happened to Bryce uh Bryce Harper? First time he ever came at bat, or the first time they played the Phillies way back in the day, Hamels blasts him. And they go, Cole, why'd you do it? He's like, because he had a con-. Remember his yeah, answer yeah. was like, what? <laughs> and, but it's like Cole was just, he didn't just, he wasn't born thinking that way. He was taught that way in his way up. And then he's around Roy Halladay. He gets wired like that. Just, they all, they're all kind of conditioned. Sure. And John, I think it takes time. But I would say every, everyone listening to this played Little League Baseball. You did, I did. You did stuff that your favorite player did. You, we all did. Well, I didn't and, hit many home runs in the little league. Okay, but I'm sure you Zero. had. What number did you wear? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I batted like Barry Bonds or Jay Buhner. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, like my point is, the more we let these guys that are in the big leagues and that are the stars, and when they're the stars, they get to kind of do whatever they want. I think it takes time. But you start to see guys kind of, uh, em- you know, players are always going to get emulated. You want to have the young kids looking, you know, letting their emotions come out a little bit. And I do think as time goes on, I hope we'll see a little more. One that thing, and I was saying this on Twitter yesterday, and I, I think you and I talked about it back when Manfred was getting blasted about Trout. And we've yeah. talked about it over the years. I really do think in, in 2019, you are a little dependent on your star players being really active on social media. And I had people like, Middlecoff, you overvalue social media. And then I Googled, like, well, there are 140, 140 million people in America on Instagram. I would imagine a large percentage of those people are 40 and under. Like Tom Brady, guess what he does during the season? He's active as a mother fucker on Instagram. Guess who's active on social media? Steph Curry. Since I've known him, not personally, but just really followed him for seven, eight years, tweets before every game. Say what you want about LeBron. He never shuts up on the thing. Carr, Russell Wilson, like the NFL and NBA players are good with it. They, they really are. And some of them are cheesy, some of them, but it doesn't really matter. They're active on it. And someone tweeted me, he's like, check Bryce's Instagram. He's, he's has five pictures in the last year. Like, yeah, it's... They, 
if he's super active, and again, I, I get it. it. Some of it sucks. I'm, sometimes I hate it too, but I have to kind of do it to pay my mortgage. And you know what Steph would say? It's part of my job now. Like it's, I, I'm being paid a lot of money by a lot of people to kind of be active on that sometimes. And again, it's not, I don't need to show you changing my baby's diapers, but if I just tweet like, lock in, that, that's all he's, like, that's enough. When And I, I, I think their guys are terrible at it. They, they, they really, they have no presence it feels like on social media. And I'm not just talking Twitter. Instagram is triple the size of Twitter. Yeah, I actually think baseball as a sport is doing a pretty good job on Instagram. But, I but, see I'm, not, but I'm not talking about No, I understand. About I, I understand. I'm talking I about understand. the players. I get it. I'm saying baseball, I think, is trying is doing a pretty good job as a sport, on it, specifically on Instagram. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to highlight sharing and, and character creation and all that stuff. I do think the schedule is just kind of a... Uh, I think the schedule is viewed as a negative... When I think now we need to start, I, I would like players to start viewing it as an opportunity, as in it's a negative. Yes, you're at the park every day. You don't have a lot of, you're just always in your routine, right? You're just in your routine, in your routine, in your routine. Um, but aren't, but, but aren't the other two players, aren't the other two sports in routine? Not to the degree, they're not playing every single day is the difference, right? To me. Like you're playing every day. So your focus every day is a game. We are a game day every day. Um, and to me, that's a little different than baseball's whole deal. Like, I so whatever. But my point is, I think there's opportunity for growth there, and I hope the players see it because I do think baseball. I, like, maybe it's just the the feeds I interact with on Instagram, but I think I see a lot of good baseball content on Instagram specifically. I'd like there to be more, of course, but I see a lot of good like highlight videos, and I'm able to. I feel like I don't miss as much and, as I used and to. I, and I and I won't dispute anymore or even argue that their league is not active and doing like understands it. But I think back to his ultimate premise is we are a little dependent on these guys helping us out here. Yeah, for sure. And I, 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 and I we agree. You 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 do agree that the NBA and NFL stars do a really good. Oh, I mean, no question. Wouldn't you? I mean. Do you know who might be the most impressive guy who took it to a new level? And again, he's got help, but all these guys have help. Like, Tom has raised his game. Every fucking game, he's got this sweet mashup after where he does that less fucking go. Like, that's, it's kind of cool. I look forward to watching. Drew Brees does it a little differently, but it's like, they're, they're just, I feel them. Like, I'm just, you're part of them. And if the quarterbacks are doing it, that kind of sets the bar. LeBron, Steph. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, James Harden, does he tweet or Instagram? I, I have no clue. I, it feels like he doesn't. But you know why? It doesn't matter because uh, other guys kind of carry his weight, right? Steph does. LeBron does. Feels like Giannis goes viral every once in a while for, like, telling his girlfriend that he wants a BJ. Like, they just they just do funny stuff. They just feel like they're just kind of guys in their mid-20s having fun. That, yeah. That's the one thing that their two sports, those two guys do – Odell Beckham's, the Toms, the Stephs, the Cars, they just feel kind of like they're happy, you know, on, right. on social media. Well, I, look, it, well, a lot of people got mad at Rob Manfred. You and I were not among them. I thought no, what he said I, about – I under, like, I understand – we we've already talked about this and whatever. Huh? Because I think you and I would probably agree that Trout doesn't have much to say. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you can't be somebody you're not, I guess, to a point. But, yeah, I, I thought his his point was like – Hey, we—he's we, one of our best. He is the best player, maybe ever. And Babe Ruth has a larger presence today, from a personality standpoint, than Mike Trout does. Think about that. So, someone tweeted out, "Did you see the video? It's Trout and Luck dancing." Yeah. Oh yes, disco I did see video. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty good. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe he's got it in him. I don't know. I, I don't really. I haven't heard him really much. I've heard him a little, but not much. 
to me, the guy would be that should and could. Now he would justify. I just got three hundred thirty million. Why would I do anything different? Like they would benefit if Bryce was a little active, don't you think? Just having fun, just doing some shit every once in a while. Sure, sure. Now I do think like Bryce to me is not like Bryce is a villain to many and a superstar, and like I don't view Bryce. Bryce as it is to me is part of the solution, right? Like I think as it is, Bryce is one of the positives that baseball has going well, for. But I'm but I'm saying like he hasn't sniffed his growth potential. I know I know what you're saying. Fame. I'm just saying like I, like I think right I, now if we put made a, a list of the positives and negatives in baseball, yeah, he, Bryce no, is a positive no, as I, he's I, currently constructed. Well, um, I think the good examples for us locally, like two of. You know, in the history, one of the most famous franchises in the history of American sports, the San Francisco Giants, have right now two of their, I mean, their two best players in theory. JJ. Uh, oh, damn. Austin, they're in Austin, JJ Texas. What? Is that Matt Patricia? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, uh, that Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner, to me, are, you know, two guys are going to get their numbers retired one day are probably more on par with most guys, right? They have no presence, and they don't even care about it. It doesn't mean well, anything. Well, see, I don't know if Buster doesn't care, because Buster does those Toyota commercials. Not for uh, him. He doesn't it, need the money. Eh, well, they're paying him. No, I understand, but I'm saying, like, he's to me, doing something. To me, doing, to me, doing commercials for large sums of money are different than doing social media. I, I agree. I'm not saying they're the same, but I don't think that's zero presence. Like, he has a national ad campaign. So I think, like... When he when they were rolling, like he and Matt Bum were national baseball stars. Yeah, and he, he Bumgarner based on the fact that he's not your typical just put your head down and shut up type of guy. That he's emotional. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wish to, both of them. Like, can you imagine if Bumgarner would have a Twitter account over the years? Who's now, the biggest? I, who's the biggest superstar in baseball right now, including what we're talking about? It feels like Bryce. Yeah, I would. I think Aaron Judge is up there. Like, I think Aaron Judge. But is he a tweeter? I don't know, but I just see him everywhere. I feel like I see a lot of Aaron Judge. Like, well, in terms this, of just, like, his personality. Well, the, if the Yankees are good again and he, like, wins the MVP, like, yeah. He, he's got the most growth potential because he's a superstar and he's on the fucking Yankees. Now, Bryce does, too. Like, if Bryce is kicking ass and the Phillies are good, he's going to maintain his rock star status. Like, if, if Bryce hits 45 home runs this year and the Phillies win 92-plus games, he's going to be a big deal, right? If Bryce is over 40 home runs this year and the Phillies are good, he's going to be a big deal. Like people talk John, if Bryce, hits, I was watching if Bryce the, hits 30 home runs and they're good, he's a big deal. I, I flipped on. You might have been in the car driving home, but like right when the Yankees game started, they're doing their kind of, uh, you know, talking about opening day and everything. And they go to Jeff Passan, who's yeah. in Philly, and they're like, we're going to go live whenever that game starts and Bryce comes up. I love so it. So it's like, that, that's, but that's on, the type of shit. On ESPN. Like on ESPN, they're going to cut at the Yankee game. Now, again, the Yankees, I, you have the game up right now. We'll score like 20 to nothing. Uh, I'm watching MLB Network, which is just doing a little whip around, but 4-1 to one Yankees. Yeah. So and Aaron Judge is up. So Yeah, I, I'll flip it over there if I get, if I can just have Tiger hit a fucking green here. But, yeah, I, I, Judge and Harper. But that, I was thinking back, and you and I were texting about it a little bit last night. Maybe it's just it's different cultures, different whatever. But it does feel like when we were growing up, the baseball players did have a lot of personality, you know, and just just fringe guys. Like I, I was thinking, just thinking about it today. Like I remember vividly remember, like when you listen to Jim Rome, like he used to have baseball players on a lot, and Mark Grace used to come on and talk about how when he was in a slump, he'd get a slump buster, which is banging a fat chick. Like I don't, even, you couldn't even say that now, but it was just, 
And, and Mark Grace was like a solid player, but he wasn't like Griffey or Barry. And all those guys had huge personalities and Maddox and Rant. You just felt them all. And they just like those guys would have been good on social media, don't you think? Like if you would have, if they would have been in this gym, they just had a lot of personality. Yeah, where they might have been, they might have ended up. Uh, yeah, I mean, suspended. but again, like you, you just know what you can and can't say if you grow up in the generation. But right. they, they just doesn't it feel like they talk more or just had more juice? I, I I don't really know how to describe it, but it just felt like they had a little more to them. Because yeah. again, I, I've met some of those guys now, just through Comcast or whatever, and I always feel like they got a lot of personality. Now, again, they're in the media, so yeah, it might be the individuals that were destined to do it anyway, but just meet some of these guys, you're like, God, this guy's got a little juice to him. Right. I mean, like, I don't know what Ken Griffey like, Jr. Vi- you just talked to Vita Blue. Like, Vita Blue's just a personality. Sure. I don't know what Ken Griffey Jr. ever really said. I just know he was cool as hell, right? Yeah, but I'd even but I'd even use him as that. Like, to me, he's like a Steph Curry. Like, Steph can say whatever. It's just, he's Steph now. Right. Like, Ken Griffey's Ken Griffey Jr. I'm just talking about maybe a fringe all-star to just the guys people know that you're just like, God, I like this guy. You know, you just, and that's what the NFL and NBA have that you just like Andre Iguodala or I'm trying to think of someone, I don't know, Joe Staley or just, you know, you just get, you just, you feel like they're a part of your life. Yeah. I don't know if the average NBA fan or the average NFL fan feels like Andre or Joe Staley are part of their lives though. But I'm saying if you're a fan of the team they're on. Oh, well, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I think hardcore fans. I think the. the but I'm not the, even talking hardcore fans. Like, if you just follow the Niners, like. You I, know but I think your general out. Giants fan feels like Joe Panic is part of their life, or maybe because he was on Haberman yeah, Middle Coffee. Yeah, but yeah, but just like. But was, I'm just saying, like, I don't know that like, the issue I don't think is that fans. Part of your teams, life would be strong. I'm just saying, I, know the guy. But I, what I'm saying is, I think the fundamental problem that baseball is, has to deal with is, the people that are fans are only fans of their team, right? Like. Your Andre Iguodala equivalent, his fan base is the only one that's locked in on him. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I think it, when we were growing up, one advantage or disadvantage, not, you know, you just had, I think, um, uh, I mean, we were all watching, all the games were on anyway, but I just think you had more individual national stars and players. Well, I'll give you an example. As time has you- gone on, it's all kind of spread and become so niche. You're gonna, you're in Philly on Saturday. It's a national game, right? Yeah. On Fox, that when we were growing up would have been a big deal. Bryce Harper's not opening calling it, weekend, just, just hanging out. Yeah, he's he's just you're there grinding. Uh, you know you're part of it. That uh, that would have been a big deal. Some people just would have checked in on. Where now it's like the Philly fans are gonna be locked in on it, but nationally, people more likely to like check in on Tiger or check in on Bryce. I don't and know. I hope they check difference. in on that game. That's a good question. Well, I do too. I mean, I most people the diehard fans will. Oh, and keep look at this. Are you watching ESPN right now? No. Bryce is walking. He's you, like, you watch it. It's like it, it, they must have you, done like season you watching, ticket holders. You, you watching golf right now? Yeah. Tiger's <laughs> under a bush hitting left-handed <laughs> underhand. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that the greatest shot he's ever hit, guy? Seriously? Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Is, is that the, gra- is that the greatest on, shot Tiger's ever hit? Was he on both knees or one knee? He was on both knees. He's smiling. He knows. That was crazy. Holy smokes. He hit it upside down under a tree to about five feet. If he doesn't win today, Jesus not paying attention. Holy crap, John. Was what happened on ESPN cooler than that? Well, on ESPN, I think it was like they must have season ticket holders or something out there. uh, And Bryce was like high, like during introductions, walking through a row of them. 
And so uh, Bryce was high-fiving a bunch of people. That was all. Ty- what Tiger just did was insane. That was sweet. <laughs> all right. Um, should we move on from baseball? Baseball's fun today. Enjoy your baseball, everybody. Uh, can we go to a Joel Clatt? Yes, please. I saw this right after we did the podcast yesterday, which was that Joel Klatt said on Fox that uh, three teams are offering second-round picks for um, for Josh Rosen. The Chargers, the Giants, and the Pats. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about this. A, what would you get? I know you tweeted it the other day. You thought they'd get a second. He'd be the luckiest SOB if he got to go play to the Chargers. So he got to play at UCLA, he got oh to go God. to Arizona, and then he got traded back to LA. I mean, that's a pretty fucking good career. Both good situations, too, right? Like, all yeah. three, two of these three situations, I think, are real. The Giants situations, I, I, I don't think that's good for him anymore now that Odell's I, I, gone. I, I think that would be the taking over for Eli, the pressure with Saquon being there, just the market. If I was him, I'd pray to God I'd go to one of the other two spots, wouldn't you? Yeah. I know he'd probably now. I don't know if he does. Like he might just want to play right away. I mean, it, and it is the Giants guy. You could argue they just might be. They do have a star running back. It is the New York Giants. It's not that bad. I mean, it's, <laughs> you're starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Like, yeah, and if if you're good, you become a legend fast. Right. There might be that element, right? Like I think I'm good enough. I'm just gonna go there and play and ball, and we're fine. Yeah, I was a top ten pick. I was the number one recruit. Like I go there. I'm a bigger deal being the the starting quarterback of the New York Giants than taking over Philip Rivers in two years, right? Not uh, it might not be a better. It's a better football situation, but there's no question if you become a Pro Bowler, the New England would be the most difficult, right? If Brady next year just retires, you take over. That's, I mean, that's following. Michael Jordan. I mean, that's impossible. That you'd wish that upon no player. That'd be really difficult. Now, maybe he's crazy enough, wired to even have a chance. I, I that's don't a know. Great what point. You- What's a tougher situation, following Philip or Tom? Following Tom might be the toughest. Following but- Philip's not that hard in the sense that they're kind of they're in a big market, but they're a small market minded franchise and Phillips never really won anything but following Tom might also mean you're playing for really good coach you're like what if you're what if Bill is still hanging around after Tom's gone well have you noticed like it doesn't your feel like Bill's gonna hang it up anytime soon like he this is life he loves it well it's not and like he's he, taking he, away taking him away from other stuff it is it's not like he's losing you, you notice he wins a lot yeah <laughs> you know it's, w- w- would you stop you know you just you don't stop something you're kicking ass and taking names at you know, you, sometimes you get out when times get tough. And sometimes I think you've talked to a lot of people that retired on top to go, God, you know, sometimes I miss it. Because there's always in that back of your mind a little regret. Like, because even like Gronk, is he walking out on top? Kind of, but as he'd say, it's just really hard on his body. And I think Patrick Willis would say the same thing. It was just, it was becoming such a chore to play. Like for Tom and Bill, it's like we're kicking ass and taking names. That would be my question if I was Josh. And I was, and I had any say in this. Like, if I kind of dictate, yeah, I don't really. And he doesn't really because he's under contract. But you'd much rather go to New York if you just your goal was to play. Because when are Philip Rivers and Tom Brady going to stop playing, guys? Right, I, right. I said Tom might walk away next year. Why would I assume that? I mean, what what had showed me that he's any nearer to walking away than he was five years ago? 
The only thing that would make you think he was closer to not being the quarterback is if they traded for Josh Rosen, right? You would think like, oh, maybe Tom's got maybe in Bill's mind, Tom's got two more years. But but I don't think Bill looks at Bill just would say it was just too good a value. We think he's a really good player, and we didn't have to give up much for him. And right, but but not much. I mean, not much for him in Bill's case might end up being his first round pick here, right? If if the Giants and Pats, sorry, if the Giants and Chargers are offering their second, then both those picks are better than the Patriots' second. What do Although you think? What about is, they have the Bears? You told me they have the Bears second, too. Yeah. Underrated uh, Bears draft. So that would be better than the first or second. So the Bears pick would be better than the Chargers pick? Yes, because the Bears lost in the first round. The Chargers won a first round playoff. So that's so the pick Chargers would be, pick. He could outbid the Chargers on second round picks then. He could outbid the Chargers on second round picks. He could not outbid the Giants. So to me, if, if the Giants are legitimately offering their second round pick, which to me is a no brainer. Well, they can't offer their. Like, that's the difference, right? Is he could offer a first, the Giants can't. No. And, but I, do you think that Bill would offer a first? Like, I, I think Bill would justify it. We'll give you our second and our third next year. You know, just something to, like, throw in a little sweetener. But I I would trade the first-round pick if I was him, just because they are in a position where they are very dependent. Now, this guy, beside getting suspended for deflate gate, I don't think Tom's missed a game since he tore his ACL. You know, those four games where Jimmy started and Bursette started, other than that, he plays every game. Right. So you go, we don't, but that, coaches don't really think like that. You always want to have a contingency plan. Last year was pretty risky for him. I mean, their backup was Brian fucking Hoyer. The, the, the upgrade over just the talent of Josh Rose and Brian Hoyer is like the size of the Grand Canyon. So, I, and I think the numbers, just how cheap he is, again, you'd have to, if they were going to trade pick 32, if 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 uh, Steve Kime goes, Bill, like I like doing deals with you. I, I want to give you the opportunity to do this. But the Giants have offered us pick. I don't even know what pick it is. Like thirty eight, whatever their second round pick is. He goes, if I I can't give you the Bears pick at fifty six, it's just I mean, come on, you you know the deal. He's like, if we if you give us pick thirty two, he's yours. I won't even try to play anyone else. The deal's done. I think you could justify it in Bill's mind, like getting Josh Rosen at thirty if. You thought like last year he was a legitimate top fifteen prospect. If you did not, like you're like, yeah, I just think he's a little over, or you didn't like the personality. Then, to me, that they're interested means they liked him last year. Like they're they're never interested in guys that he didn't like, right? If he did, if he thought Josh Rosen was like a write off red flag guy, like your Vrabel, like your Vrabel, we're gonna get you one day story from the yeah, last yeah. I, I think he probably liked that Josh was kind of different and smart and just. Wouldn't you say his playing style is like what Bill likes? <laughs> Not outside of – it's very just – you just tell him what to do and he'll do it. Yeah. I might argue with you, but he's not going to, like, run around and blow up the play. Like, Bill – Bill, the, when someone was saying, like, Bill's going to go get Kaepernick, like, even Kaepernick in his prime, that's not Belichick's type player. He's very just – he doesn't color outside the lines in terms of – because what he tells you is 100% the right thing to do, you know? Right. So I tell you to hit the guy – on the five yard out on three steps, you fucking hit the guy because I've spent all week long not sleeping knowing that that defensive back is going to be in the wrong spot. So, yeah, I don't need you to run around. I just need you to be able to do what I tell you. Uh, Giants pick is 37 chart second round picks. Um, the New England pick from Chicago is 56. The Chargers pick is 60. To me, to me the whole thing comes down to if he's going to be a New York Giant, they got to give 37. And if he gives 37, to me, the Chargers are out of it. And can the will Bill give 32? 
I think it's really that simple. Because if you're if you're the uh, the Cardinals, would you rather have like pick thirty two or like two twos? You know, that first round is pretty valuable. Would you rather him be on the Giants than on the Patriots? Does that matter at all to you? I don't. I don't think NFC, really AFC. Just I don't. That. I don't think you really care. Um, Do you? No, I don't think so. I mean, him being on the Patriots elevates the chances that he succeeds, but it also going to means he might be a few years before he plays. And if you believe in Kyler Murray, then you believe in Kyler Murray. And well, one thing would be clear: if he gets traded to the Giants, if he gets traded to the other two teams, barring an injury, he is. We will not see him on the field beside the preseason this year, right? If he goes to the Giants, there's a decent chance we're going to see some Josh Rosen. Because if the Giants get off to like a one, I mean, people are like, what are we doing with Eli? Just play Rosen. Eli will get benched. Right. You'd think. <laughs> but the fans would be scared. They benched would have or no trade. Choice. I mean, can you even bench? I mean, I think you just bet. You just, you know, kind of take one for the team. Yeah. Um, I think that's, he's. That's I, a good little uh, mid podcast tweet. What's that? The Tiger pictures. Oh, I got him out as we were. Before we really got into the meat of it, if I hadn't done it, I, if I hadn't done it then, I would have been too distracted. Um, does this this for me? We we both already thought it was getting traded. This conversation increases it because at the end, if you can get a if you can get a second round, you're, what we're talking about is not getting a second round pick for a quarterback. We're just talking about if you can add a second round pick in a draft where you can take the player you want, you do that, don't you? Like this idea that you would draft Kyler and then keep Josh around and let them just see what happens. I can get a second round pick in this draft or maybe a first, but let's just say it's a good second. Like how do the giants not trade their second round pick for this guy? Well, I I don't think you, they'll get crushed if the Chargers or the Patriots end up getting with one of those picks in the fifties. Like, what are you guys doing now? They might be able to justify it. If they take Daniel Jones or Drew Locke or whatever with this, we just like this guy more. But there's always a chance that guy's not there. Like, you control your own destiny before it even starts. I feels like the Giants won't do it, guy. That's just not I how know. they think. I, I, I also how think— How are two of the teams involved teams that would have them as their backup quarterback? Because they realize the value. It's just too good, and they have super old quarterbacks. Tiger? I'm just, I, I get why they're involved. I'm just saying, like, how is there only one team that needs a quarterback that's interested? Well, the Dolphins are tanking. Tampa, Arians, and yeah. Can you imagine if in like five, eight years, Rosen is just a really good player? Like how stupid a lot of teams are like, God, you could have had this guy for nothing. That's the one thing. In, in five years, there is going to be, what if Kyler's a bust and Rosen becomes a really good player? That to me is an elephant in the room that, no one ever brings up right now because everyone's just like Kyler's going to be a stud. You know, I hope so. I like Kyler. I think he's awesome. But we've seen enough star guys. You know, the, the elephant in the room here is there's a chance Kyler's not that good. You know, not a great NFL player. There, that's that has to be on the table. One, and it might not even be all his fault. It may be simply his team sucks, guy. His team blows. Oh, I got another thing. His coach struggled to win at Texas Tech. Is never coaching the NFL. Like, there right. are some pretty big variables that are out of Kyler's control. You could argue if you're Josh, like, you should pray to God you get traded to the Chargers or the Patriots or, hell, even the Giants. Like, I'm not a big Pat Shermer guy, 
But if I had to bet on Pat Shermer or Kyle or Cliff Kingsbury, I know who the better NFL coach is as we sit here right now. It's Pat Shermer. You know, he, he just is. He's been doing it for 20 years, and he's had success in different places. Now, is he going to be a great hiccup? I don't know, but I do know that Pat, like, knows who plays in the league, knows plays that work. <laughs> I don't know that for Cliff. Right. I know that Anthony Lynn, again, I think he's a little bit of a meathead. Did have a good year, though. I'll give him that. I, I tip my hat to him. Anthony Lynn's been doing a lot longer than Kingsbury. And Belichick's resume, I mean, we all know that. But this, I, I don't remember a guy that was this highly touted like two years ago in college. I wouldn't call him can't miss, but everyone's like, that's an NFL quarterback. To now being like, God, your team's even willing to give a second-round pick for this guy? When the bonus has already been paid. So he's not expensive at all. I, I, I think at, as we sit here on March 28th, Josh Rosen is now crazy undervalued. I I think he's worth the Patriots' first-round pick. I do, too. To the and Patriots. I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if that's where it ends up. Because here's the other thing. Who says he's got to be the guy that replaces Tom Brady? Why can't he be the guy that gets them somebody else's first-round pick in a year like Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, gets them something better than third— like, Tell me this. If I didn't even think about that. that. That's a huge elephant in the room, too. Why You always acquire guys for relatively cheap, and then you could flip for more. Like, if you think he's good, let's say he looks like Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's say he looks like Jimmy Garoppolo. He plays three games and looks like Jimmy Garoppolo. Are they getting, be- are they getting better than 32 in return? Oh, for sure. Well, I think that's ideally why you want to give a second, so maybe one day then you can flip him for a first. Well, 32, like, it's always going to be a better first than yours because you'll be drafting 32nd. (laughs) (laughs) Where do the Patriots draft? I don't know, anywhere from 29 to 32. Can we do an analytics study on where they've averaged the last 10 years? Yeah, it's uh, 30.1. That's where they pick. 30.1 actually feels low. It'd be like 31.1. I mean, they either win or lose the Super Bowl. We have the data. (laughs) They've been to to six Super Bowls since 2010. Six. There was a there was a story today Thursday. I guess six since seven, five since ten or eleven. There was a story today Thursday, John, that uh, the AAF might not make it to the weekend. The Alliance of American Football, I think this is week eight, uh, is in jeopardy. Part of the reason, the big reason, they can't reach a deal with the NFL Players Association on uh, borrowing players. Um, Wasn't it like the guy too that invested a bunch of money was almost threatening he might yank his cash? He's put in a ton of what is it? Tom Donnan has put in like seven hundred and fifty million. Has it been that much? That that seems high. No, it's not that much. I, I thought maybe it was it's two, like I one, thought it was two. I thought it was two fifty or one fifty. It couldn't be seven. Not Ted Luonsis, someone else. <laughs> Tom Don, Dundon is the guy's name. Gotcha. Tom Dundon. Uh, look, as someone who hasn't been watching the AF, I don't know if you have. Uh, I've seen it a couple times. Peeked at it here and there. I think it'd be it's. It seems like it would still be a missed opportunity for the NFL. Like, here is a league trying to help it develop its players um, and keep football just in the consciousness nonstop. NFL, it keeps NFL people involved broadcast-wise, et cetera. To me, it's, this thing is only good for football. I'm just saying, like, it just yeah. has people on it the gave NFL Marvin Network. Lewis a chance, guy. It gave Marvin Lewis a chance. But I just mean, like, it has someone turns on NFL Network, potentially, or stops on NFL Network. I don't know. Like, this thing is, even though, my point is, even though I've not been, like, a big watcher, it's only good for football that this exists. I I, I have two things on this. One, this is a great example where, of the three major sports, 
this sport head and shoulders above everyone is just the most expensive to run. Yeah. If you just want to do any sort of football league, the amount of players, the amount of coaches, you need some fucking executives, the uh, the stadiums, just every, it, it, the travel, the hotel, it's an expensive endeavor. That's why I think minor league football historically has just been so hard to operate because it is so hard on the fringe to not just lose your ass. They, they would die to break even. I've been I've been reading they've been losing just countless millions of dollars every week. It's just hard to keep going like that. But on the other side, it's pretty clear like their vision to make this thing possible was to get the practice squad guys involved. Not the fringe dude that's a special teamer that dresses up on game day and makes $600,000. The practice squad guy that makes $95,000 that you and I on this show, and I, since I left the NFL, I, I don't talk about that guy. No one does. But occasionally you'd be like, oh, where'd they get this wide receiver? Oh, he was on so-and-so's practice squad. Or he was on their practice squad. And you see them come up on bad teams as the season goes on, as injuries happen. You don't notice them as much like on the on good teams, just because usually good teams have like NFL players on their team. But sometimes practice squad guys eventually become James Harrison or you know whoever. There are countless stories of practice squad guys becoming really good players. But now more than ever, you don't play in pads. Like you and I go to training camp. Training camp, you know, is it's really not that crazy. You hear some stories about training camp back in the day, double days, and just Bill Walsh in Rockland at 110, just hitting, and just Jerry Wright full scrimmages and even up in the 2000s before this last CBA, you don't ever get to see these guys play. And their only opportunity might be two fourth quarter carries in the second preseason game where some, like we talked about Kyler Murray in football, just where you play an individual play, certain things are out of your control. Like if the right guard misses the block, you could be the next starting running back in the league. But if you get tackled by the line of scrimmage, there's nothing you can do. Right. Well, can you imagine if you're a practice squad guy, uh, like Joe Williams forever with the Niners who kind of flamed out. But like you were on the practice squad. They sent you down to the AAF with other practice squad guys. Well, if you're rushing for 120 a game, think how much more likely you are when training camp comes around to get some legitimate looks in the limited practice squad or uh, practice reps you have. And then definitely like, yeah, this guy's instead of coming in in the late third quarter, we're going to mix him in in the second quarter. Uh, and and I think it gives you cross teams. Like, you don't think Belichick would be evaluating that film of other teams' practice squad guys to steal as the season went on? Or Andy or Veach or Schneider or all these guys. Mayock? I mean, if I, yeah. I, I, I think it's a no-brainer for the practice squad players. For the practice squad players. I, I get the union. Like, if you've ever been on an active roster, I know they've changed the rule. Because remember, if you used to play in one game, you weren't practice squad eligible anymore. Now they made it much easier so guys could stay in the league a little while. But if you're like we're on the 90 or I mean on the 56 or 50, 45, 53 man roster. Numbers are kind of weird in football. Doesn't, I mean, why is there only 53 players? It should be like 65. But if you're on the 53 man roster, I get it. But if you're not, if you're on that extra 10, Papa always calls because back in the day it was called like the taxi squad. Uh, it's, the, it's the practice squad. Uh, if you're on the practice squad, you should want that opportunity because more than likely, your opportunity is never coming, guy. And it might it might not. More than likely, it's not because you couldn't play. Sometimes it is, but again, all relative play on an NFL level. It's just you might you, you might simply be 
Like Guy Haberman's lucky once upon a time some people heard his shit. Then you get more opportunities and more opportunities. If no one ever heard your stuff, it'd be hard to ever get a, a gig. Like if, if football's the same way, if, if no one ever gets to see you on the field running actual plays beside your own coaching staff that may not like you or whatever, you're screwed. I, I think it's an absolute no-brainer for the union to allow practice squad guys. Again, there are more how you would do it with schemes. It's kind of complicated, but just give those guys – just run generic play. It doesn't even matter. Just run like outside zones, regular routes. I, I don't know. I, I don't have all the answers. I just know they – if you are a practice squad player or a practice squad player's agent, you should be pushing for it because that's the way to eventually maybe, maybe find a diamond in the rough. Maybe that guy becomes a $20 million player one day. I don't mean twenty million a year. I meant like twenty million guarantees. Yeah, I. I the, the other part of this, and this it, will, it would happen, right? One hundred percent, the guys would get found, and there would be stories. You 1, agree there? Thousand, of course. If they found players from NFL Europe, and I know those were it was in NFL Europe, but if they found but players, Adam Vinatieri, a lot of guys. If they, they found Barnes, yeah, if they found Kurt Warner, then they'd find somebody in the AAF. Now I don't know if Kurt Warner would exist in the AAF, but yes. Like, he would have. He would have been an AAF guy because he was like a fringe four-string. He would have been. I just mean like I'm not guaranteeing that any Hall of Famer would ever quarterback would come out of the AAF. Pretty yeah, extreme. Yeah. But still. So the other part of it too to me is not just the benefit to the players, but I do think there's just a benefit to the sport. Um, whether it's have officials that are going to, you know, if you're under five years of NFL experience, whatever, be an official. I think we talk about these rule changes, seeing what pass interference looks like as a reviewable play. You could put that to me in the AAF. Um, I would that would actually kind of attract me just something like that right now today. If you told me there's a game that has this new rule in it, I might check it out. Did you and I ever talk about the fourth and fifteen rule? Uh, what's the fourth and fifteen rule? It I was not really it, it, the it, new. Yeah, it, well, this this rule didn't get passed. The the only rule that got passed yesterday was you can challenge PI. So okay. nothing changed. Same amount of the same amount of challenges. Everything's the same. If you choose to, you can challenge a PI. The fourth and fifteen rule was I loved it was that if you're down in the fourth quarter instead of kicking an onside kick so you score let's say you're down 17 you score to make it 10 you can go at the 35 yard line and get a fourth and 15 instead of an onside Hold kick on. <laughs> say this now what if I want say this again so you get if you're down in the fourth quarter yeah let's say it's let's say you're down 10 okay you kick a field goal. Yeah. Let's say there's two, three minutes left. Well, you, normally you try to get an onside kick because you're down a touchdown now. Instead of kicking the onside kick at the 35, you can go fourth and 15 at the 35 with, and throw your offense your own, on the field. Your own 35. Yeah. Yeah, like on that. Yeah. Your own 35 is on the other side of the field. Right, right. So you have to go 65 yards or whatever. Right. But fourth and 15, one shot. Would you rather do a fourth and 15? It didn't pass because, like, all the, the owners – were kind of thought it was like too rinky dink. I kind of liked it. I think you're. I would. I would take my own fourth and fifteen over uh, onside kick every 10, 10 out of ten times. Wouldn't well, everyone would. Yeah. But think how cool that would be. Be pretty cool. Don't you think that would be a smart rule to do? Just eliminating kickers, John. Eliminating kickers from the game. But it, to me, it's not even the kickers. It's that. Yeah, it is. Well, someone said they changed the onside rule where you can't destroy everyone in the first line. So it used to be like 2% of onside kicks work. Last year, last couple of years since they take took the uh, collisions away. There's still collisions, but I don't think you can just light people up like you used to. There's a penalty. 
that the fifteen percent hit. So it's actually not as terrible as you think. That's still not high. I just I the thing about onside kicks that I love is like everyone spends all the practice like what the, what are these kickers doing over there? These guys don't even work. And then when the kicker gets to unveil what he's been practicing, which is his tricky little back foot spinner, and it just like goes out of bounds after six yards, everyone's like, dude, what all of that for that? I have no evidence on this, but I will go to my grave thinking that Sebastian Janikowski is the worst onside kicker of all onside kickers. I, I never saw him, and I saw a lot of onside kicks for a lot of years when we were going to games. I was doing the Raiders. They were always down that late. Stat so that stat has to exist somewhere, right? His onside kicks, do you agree that it feels like they were never, ever even close? It felt like his thing was like, guys, I practice field goals. Okay? That's what <laughs> I practice. I practice field goals. I I pack dips, and I lift. And I, I, I don't I do onside kicks. But, guy, his onside kicks – were just they were unlike any onside kick I've ever seen. They were never even close. Like sometimes you just kick it like into the stand. Sometimes it would never leave the ground. It was wild. He I don't think he knows how to do it. Now I don't know if they're so you would have been for the fourth and fifteen rule because I would have been all for it. Uh, I, I mean I I think it's why I don't know if I would have been for it. I don't know the reason I wouldn't have been for it. Maybe the percentages line up, and maybe you tell me fourth and fifteen and onside kicks. It's like eighteen percent. Yeah, yeah. So wow. Okay, that surprises me. I don't like it being that easy. To me, it feels a little too easy to get the ball back to, to come back. Yeah, I think that would be like the legit football argument. Like you should not be able to be down seventeen with five minutes left, and your offense gets running. You score, and then you just hit a couple fourth and fifteens. You end up winning the game. Like that rewards kind of randomness of yeah. I, I like onside kicks should be really hard to get because you shouldn't. Well, to me, it was if you got the fourth and 15, it, like if you convert it, you can use it again. You just get uh, – you would have to limit it. Like you just get one time fourth and 15, one a game. That's it. So if you're going to use it, it's either hit or miss. Now, if you don't get it, they get the ball at 35. The game's probably over. Tiger, I mean, Jesus Christ. He's – He's not going to win here, guy. So that means he needs – does he play – so what? how does this work now? What's his deal? Well, he's losing to Snedeker. I don't know. I mean, he's only one down, but Snedeker is not in great place. Snedeker lost yesterday. Yeah. So if Snedeker were to win, they'd both have a win and a loss. So I, I don't know. what What's the tiebreaker? Is I think it's way. birdies. Oh, it is? I Well, I don't know for a fact. I just know on the bracket – because like, there are going to be some, there are going to be some pods where you have tied. Both guys got two and a half points. Both guys won two matches and tied one. So then, if it's birdies, that's. Let me see if it's birdies here. That yeah. makes me a little nervous for Tiger. I don't feel like he's had that many birdies. The only reason I think it's birdies is because on their bracket, like birdies is the difference in like if you and I were just doing a bracket, you know, and you do like score of the national championship game. On their bracket, it's birdies, but I'm because not... what, what what was the differentiating factor in soccer wasn't it goal differential yeah i think so like for uh when you talk but the difference in soccer is two people move on not three so it's it separates itself pretty easily for the most part uh i wish i had a good answer for you here i'll look for it but i i don't know what the tiebreaker the in pod i just i just know this this course looks really cool in austin texas you get that bridge right there oh yeah austin no, the, the university. You, you see the university. UT's right behind it. Oh, it's really? Pretty cool. That's, yeah, that is great. Uh, Say this: I've been there for like forty-eight hours, but it, it's a unique little place. You, uh, this is not the first year they've done the pod, right? This is the second year they've done it like this. 
I don't know. It's a good question. I thought it was the first, but it might be the second. All right. Well, some maybe somebody knows the answer to this. I can't find it. Going through the, uh, I don't have the rule book on hand. You have any Peter Millar shirts? I don't. They they uh, tend to be a little baggy on me, like long, like the sleeves are a little. Not that I need it tight, but. Do you have any Travis Matthews traditional. shirts? <laughs> no. They're pretty tight. Yeah. You notice that? Oh uh, yeah, I've tried them on before. <laughs> I, I've noticed. I've had a bunch of fat people say like, "Oh, they make some good stuff. It just they just don't fit me well." And if like, you I'm have, sure, if they're you have super any long. semblance of lo- love handles, they are not a love handle body type. No, no. But they, if you have a good body, they do look good. I love I love brands that are like engineered for elite athletes. Like, oh well, it's not, I can't wear that. Yeah. <laughs> I know what that means. Not people. Uh, all right, John. NCAA tournament games. Today and uh, tomorrow, Sweet 16, a lot of uh, – it's been a chalky tournament. I heard a stat today, speaking of Oregon, uh, Virginia tonight, because that's the late game tonight. That when, you say le- when you say late, what do you mean? I mean 7 o'clock Pacific. Okay, so not too bad. You got me nervous. I'm not like, God, have I got to stay up to like 9.30? Just tip? Well, oh, no, no, no. On the East Coast, you would. I think Dan Altman is, is – like in the tournament, like nine and one against the number or something like that with six straight up wins as an underdog. Um, so he's eight and a half underdog. So that's a lot of points to play with. That's a lot of points. Um, I think, you know, what you're banking on is you talk to him this week. Uh, no, I have not talked to Dylan. Brooks. Talk to Dylan Brooks and Tyler Dorsey today. Is Tyler Dorsey on the Memphis Grizzlies. Still? Yeah, he played 30 started last night against the Warriors. So they're both on the same team. Yeah. And Jordan Bell was there, obviously not at the game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Tyler Dorsey and Dylan Brooks are watching the game together tonight, and they're going to FaceTime Jordan Bell. Who's the, who's the best out of those three guys? Is Dorsey the best I think of the three? Di- I thought, di- I mean. I thought Dylan was, but he's still? He's hurt. I mean, he had toe oh, surgery oh, in January. Yeah, okay. yeah. Remember who he got fake traded? Yes, instead of Marshawn Brooks. Wrong, yeah. wrong Brooks. They wanted to keep him. They did, yeah. He, yeah. He's a good player. He was Pac-12 Player of the Year a couple years ago, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, I think tonight's games, Texas Tech guy, actually, I haven't heard that much about him because you see Kelvin Sampson's, like, going to Arkansas, but he's, like, claims that he's not. You know, it's already – feels like it's already a done deal, which makes me feel good because uh, I got Kentucky and hopefully their players quit on him. But tonight, Purdue-Tennessee is really interesting. Like, it, it feels like they're basically the same squad. I, I don't know much about Purdue. I've watched Tennessee a bunch this year just because they were, like, the number one team in the country. Uh, to me, last week, like, their high end's pretty high. They got a bunch of older guys. They're all – they got a bunch of, like, Iguodala body types, just a bunch of six eight athletes. feels like all the SEC has all those type guys. Like, every SEC team – didn't Auburn feel like that? He's got a bunch of like dudes between six six and six eight that can dunk. They, they do have two like super short guards that are balling, but yeah. Well, I guess one of them six two. So to me, I like Tennessee, but I'm biased. I love Oregon to cover this number, guy. Gonzaga, Florida State. Doesn't it feel like you'll look up at halftime and Florida State will be up one? You're like, God, Gonzaga better step it up. Like this is a tough matchup. I mean, they're long, they're athletic, they're just talented. Texas Tech, Michigan. I guess Tex Tex got like a legit NBA guy, like a top fifteen type guy, and, and like you said, that what's the coach's name? Chris Beard. He's a big time guy, but I mean, I guess you'd say the same thing for Beeline. So we basically have two games that are 
coin flips. Texas Tech and Michigan are one and a half points. Same with Tennessee, Purdue. And then we got two games that are eight plus points. I would say no chance that both the favorites cover the big spreads. Wouldn't um, shock me if both the underdogs cover. What's the Gonzaga? Definitely, definitely Oregon. What's the Gonzaga spread? Eight. Eight. Like, look, Florida State's lost. I'm just looking at their schedule. They've lost two games since the end of January. Okay, they were thirteen and Two. five. They were they lost three in a row. They fell to thirteen and five. Right now they're twenty nine and seven. So what's that? Sixteen and two. Their losses are North Carolina and Duke. Tigers went in the water. Yeah. Their loss. Tiger tried to help. Thought the wind would help them out a little bit. Cut. Cut. Damn it, Tiger. They're two losses since January. North Carolina and Duke. So I'm with you on. I think Gonzaga's fantastic. Florida State might be getting a little undervalued. I I like Oregon in the eight and a half. I do, but I do think Virginia is also getting a little disrespected, in part because Kyle Guy is like, I don't know, three for his last twenty from three and zero for ten in the last game. Yeah. So, I don't, you think do you think Oregon might be getting a little too much hype, or they're just legitimately they, the hottest yeah, team in the country? Well, they are legitimately the hottest team in the country. I think like they are in their streak of winning ten straight or whatever. They are the number one defensive team in the nation. Obviously, a lot of that built against the Pac-12. I thought what they did to Ethan Happ, 12-6 and six for a really good player against Wisconsin was real. I don't think UC Irvine's that good. I mean, they're good, but uh, whatever. Um, so, did you see what the Irvine coach was saying to the oh, guy? Yeah. yeah, stupidity. I wouldn't hire him at Cal because of it. Not because I thought he was – not because he, like, offended the LGBT community. That's bad, too. Was well, the guy gay? Is the player you're saying that to? No, it's just last name's King, and so he claimed I was calling him Queen, you know, because oh. he's the queen of the chessboard. But I've heard Russell Turner's a bit of a hothead, and mostly I just if you're if if you are too if you don't realize I can't brag about mocking a player. Forget about the words you forget about that you're calling him Queen, and that's going to set off a whole other thing. But let's just say his name was Green, and you were calling him Blue. If you think that you can brag about mocking a player during a game and like that's like did Dana he, Altman say he did he have quotes on it like think it was chicken shit or I anything? didn't see Dana say anything Lewis King's mom was like we want an apology and she should yeah. and he did apologize but I'm just saying like it's oh the one coach th- apologized to the family yeah it's one thing to heat of the moment yell at a player I think you know weird things happen remember when coach K a few years ago was like afterwards was telling Dylan Brooks something like you're better than that or I don't even remember what in the handshake line, people are like, Coach K has yeah. no place. But if you think you can talk trash to a player as a tactic, like, he was, that, did it, was that in the tournament? Yeah. He did it as a tactic. As a tactic. Like, that's a tactic he used. Yeah. To, to and then that, bragged about it. I, I, I don't want to get you, offended like, over the queen, but I do think it's moronic and I, yeah, stupid. I'm just offended that you don't yeah. realize you can't, like, A, do it and B, brag. Anyway. So, um,. So to answer your question, yeah, I think Virginia's getting a little disrespected, even though I really like Oregon. I don't, so I just, that game, I, I, I would stay away from it. But, um, you know, Virginia's best beats Oregon's best, but Virginia's not not playing its best. But they've got really good players. I don't like people talking about Virginia like they stink. Yeah, I mean, today, today's solid. I think tomorrow is excellent. What do you see? I saw, well, I just, I, I think there's just more talent playing tomorrow. <laughs> you know, we I, I think we got one, I think Michigan State, Duke, Kentucky, and North Carolina. I mean, we got four teams. To me, one of these four teams probably winning the NCAA tournament. I mean, North Carolina is probably the best team. Kentucky, P.J. Washington's coming back. They're just fucking good. I mean, Duke's the most talented team. And Michigan State, this – do you know that Michigan State beat Michigan, who was 
a top seven team three times. Yeah. Three times. Yeah, including the conference championship game. Like, Michigan State is really good. I saw a quote this morning, I guess Izzo was saying, like, this is one of my favorite teams to watch this year, just watch them on tape. But he's like, it just sucks I got to play them in LSU. Like, LSU is pretty damn good, too. I mean, the SEC guy, Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, the last one, and Tennessee. They got four teams in the Sweet 16. And they're yeah. all, like, legitimate. All four of them can make the Final Four. It wouldn't be that. I guess Auburn would be a little crazy. But the other three teams, Kentucky, Tennessee. I mean, Auburn won four games in four days, won the SEC tournament. Yeah, they're good. And their coach is good. So I, I like Michigan State. The Duke-Virginia Tech thing is just interesting. I mean, Virginia yeah. Tech, they just play each other. Right. So it's not – they're not going to be – I mean, UCF wasn't either in awe of these guys, but they're going to be really more comfortable. Like, they have binders of game plans before multiple times of playing these guys. Now, I do think the second time Virginia Tech played them because they beat them, Zion was out. It was after Zion's shoe broke. Because I think they played North Carolina on a Wednesday, and then I think they played uh, – Virginia Tech on like that weekend and he was not playing or might have been the next week but they lost so you throw that up but I, I'm pretty sure they did play Zion and then Kentucky Houston I mean he, the guy's fucking taking another job so anytime that that's going on it is a little weird like that's that's the only thing he's being asked about today like what's your deal with uh, Arkansas what's your deal with Arkansas I guess his quote today Kelvin Sampson's was they had all year to talk to me. So I think he's a little mad. Like, they could have extended me earlier. We'll talk after the season. Which yeah. I don't blame him, but it puts the team in a weird spot. Like, you start – I get you're playing for the Elite Eight and everything, but your coach is leaving, and you kind of already know it. You got women's basketball lines there, John? Because the, the same situation is happening at Louisville. Their coach, it looks like people think is going to take – I haven't checked on the story – the Tennessee job. What happened to the Tennessee – who was – Well, Tennessee, Tennessee almost – Tennessee almost missed the tournament for the first time in the program's history, and then they ended up losing in the first time. Tennessee lost in the first round for the first time ever this year. Safe to say that's not allowed at that program? Not allowed. Oh! Stay in, baby. God and on the damn. red line, too. I, 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 needed OB. To in, I needed that to go in the water. Who hit that? Snedeker. Um, Gambling and golf is pretty fun. I will tell you this, John. I don't think that the Gonzaga-Florida State game – I don't think Gonzaga wins a close game. Either Florida State wins. They're going to win. They're going to win by like 15 points. Or or Florida State's going to beat them. Okay, I like that. What do you think about uh, Auburn, North Carolina? It's a six, five points. You know, that's that's North Carolina, who's arguably been start to finish, them and Gonzaga, the best team in the country, is a five point favor against Auburn. That's that's a pretty small line. Um, before I before I liked Kansas plus two and a half against Auburn and they got their doors blown off, I would have told you to take North Carolina. Oh. Uh, Auburn's defense is Auburn defense is legit. Now Auburn did not miss threes early in that game, and they can't hit threes. But I like I do think North Carolina is a step up from Auburn. When we talk on Monday, who do you think is the Final Four? North Carolina, Duke, Gonzaga, and uh, what's the other game? Virginia, Oregon, Tennessee, Purdue. Tennessee. I like that guy. You you don't think uh, Kentucky has a chance to take down North Carolina? I do. I, I saw do. Jay. I saw Jay Billis had a good point this morning. He's like, if PJ Washington plays, they can win the whole thing. If he doesn't, they are going to lose in one of these next two games. It's just that simple. Because now the competition's up. This guy's that important. 
Like he's a big deal. I I don't I mean I didn't watch that much Kentucky besides betting on him. And he was just he was like uh, Doug Peterson last week on a scooter, but he had a cast. But they say that he didn't need a cast. It was just so for sure he couldn't walk around. It's one of those where they put you in a walking boot. You you might be able to play in a week, but you just go in the walking boot to make sure you don't put any pressure on yeah. it. Yeah. But still, like the likelihood and the speed in which all the shit's gonna be. Say what you want, like even if the Kelvin Sams is leaving, there's still Houston's legit. I mean, right. if, if Kentucky fucks around, they could lose tonight or tomorrow. Uh, sneaky. Two other things I've heard. One, there are people that think if UCLA comes with it in terms of plane and other accommodations, that Calipari would consider UCLA. I'm, I'm talking like not just like random, like people who know things have told me. Two people. Because he wanted want to move to Los Angeles? I, I, they told me why he would consider it just that if UCLA stepped up in terms of some of this other stuff, and obviously the money would have to be there too, but if they really, if Casey, Casey Wasserman gives him the bag, John, that it's not a non-starter, that Calipari would consider it. That would be sweet. <laughs> yeah. That would be sweet. The other thing is I've had two UCLA people like a month ago tell me, they, they're ideal, just not people like this, this is not search committee inside information. Just people like, man, I'd love for Tony Bennett to like lose in the sweet 16. Cause then he'll think I can't win a championship in Virginia. And you need him to think that to get him to leave. Cause his situation is really good. And he's not really a UCLA type guy. And, and my response the, to the, the knock is like, you can't get by North Carolina and Duke. He's like, I win the conference every year. Yeah. But the <laughs> problem with that is you can't have him losing to Oregon before he takes the UCLA job. Um, I think, I think you could. I mean, you could. Of course, you could. <laughs> not, not ideal. Of course, you could. You're to right. Me, the, the, to me, the ideal play would be he wins this game and then like lose to Tennessee. That's not a terrible loss in the Elite Eight. Losing in the Elite Eight is never a bad loss. I had one non-Pac-12 assistant coach say we're going back and forth about Cal, and he he said, "You hearing any big names?" And I said, "Big names like who?" And he said, "Ben Howland." And I think that now here's the deal. Ben's making two plus at Mississippi State, but I didn't realize, John. Maybe I bet you're Cal, with me. Cal wouldn't play two and a half million dollars. For- well, if he's making two plus, like how much more do you have to pay him? I don't know, but I did not know this about Ben Howland. He's a West Coast guy. I assumed oh, yeah, that- Santa Bar Santa Barbara. I didn't know that. I thought Ben was oh. from like the streets of New York City, based no, on he's, the look. Santa Bar- he's a gaucho. How'd you right? know that? Because I remember. Because I've always been a big UCLA fan, and I remember when he he was at Pitt, right? When he came back to UCLA, I just remember I don't know, I just West Coast guy. So I, if if yeah. Cal can pull that off, I'm not saying I'm not. By the way, I'm not saying that that's even been something they've that he is. Ta- I'm not saying he's talking to them. I'm just saying that was the idea. Somebody ran by me, and I think it's an incredible. But, but I, idea. I don't you think it kind of makes sense? Like he kind of went to Mississippi State to resurrect his career. You know, it he, would he be John, an incredible hire. I would say this though. But it's, ben Howlin is a little like, I, not on this level, but Saban-ish. Like he's a dick. He's old school. He's a hard ass. Has coached like, at a UC. Knows the challenge of that. Yeah. Is he a great fit? I, you know. Yes. Well, he's a great fit because he's a great. He's a big. T- he'd be the best coach they've had forever. But I, I do think it'd be Mike more Montgomery Hall of Famer. He's a better coach than Mike Montgomery. I think he's been to what, three best. final fours. Okay, maybe he was at UCLA. Like Mike. Yeah, you're right. They're both. I mean, they, they both. You, they both final four level just, coaches. Just yeah, elite level coach. You you're take, right. You, you pay them that money in a heartbeat. If, if it's, that, that's a good name, that'd be a big loss for Mississippi State. And again, that's my issue with colleges. Whenever they do this, whenever you hire, like in the NFL, it does not matter. Where's Kyle Shanahan from? Like he was from Denver, and then he was San Francisco, and he's moved all over. The, 
irrelevant to all these guys. Remember, we were like when Jack Del Rio got hired. If he's the right guy, hire him. Not because he's from San Leandro or whatever. Right. Right. In the pros, it do, or in the college, it does matter because Ben Howland now is a top twenty-five program. He's making a lot of coin, but you kind of want you you feel more comfortable in your area because recruiting does matter, and that consistently happens in college football. I remember Phil Savage said, "John Saban is never leaving the South. He's a Southern guy. Like that's he ain't he would never coach on the West Coast. We wouldn't do it." Also, like, especially when you're not the top program, when you have your you guy's have, always trying to leave. He would have done it if he was desperate, but he's never been desperate. Well, he's at the top. Like, when you're yeah. out of your region and you're not like Sonny Dykes was just always trying to leave, so they helped him leave. Conzo Martin, but, the first. And, I, to- and I'd argue Sonny's now at a like he makes sense at SMU. Right, total. Sense. Like to me, Sonny Dykes should be at SMU. But when like, you just, hire Conzo Martin, you're hiring a guy that's gonna leave, and I don't blame my, him for it. What's my issue with Oregon? They were kind of. They made a desperate hire, kind of. That guy's not going to leave because that's the best job he's ever going to have. Oh yeah. But I'm even talking with Mario. The the Willie thing's a good example. That one opened the door for this. Because if you were a West Coast guy, let's say Willie Taggart's name was Willie Chris Peterson, right? He would been gone to UC Davis. He was at Oregon. Even if Florida State really wanted him, he would have said no. I just say I'm not going to Florida State. Right. So you got to be you got to be cognitive of that when you hire these coaches. If Cal, if Cal can fucking luck into Ben Howland, because that's kind of what it would be, it'd be a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about Jordan Bell real quick before we shut the door on this? Uh... Cal, Cal would sneaky have, like, Wilcox kind of has his shit together. and Well, I mean, we'll see. But uh, some stuff going on. I don't know if you've read. I have. Uh, but you know, coaching staff solid. We think. If you, there might be one outlier bad human. but uh, And, and Howland would be a pretty good little athletic department. Uh, and the the basketball team is in the sweet was we just had a good run in the tournament again and baseball team solid. Uh, okay, uh, uh, did you see Johnny Football sitting courtside? Johnny Football was in was at the Warriors Grizzlies game. Jordan Bell was not upset of the day. Uh, the uh, Anthony Slater Sam Amick story in the Athletic. He charged something to Mike Brown's room at a hotel. It might not have been the first time he's done it. I mean, that's like my first reaction was this goes beyond a practical joke, right? You, you don't get suspended for a practical joke, do you? If that's the joke, if the joke is I charge something to your room. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that this had been a longstanding issue with this guy in this program that for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked. Right. Whether uh, was, you're saying when you say longstanding, you don't mean just. He's been charging things to people's room. You just mean it's that's just it's just just nonstop. It's not easy. I I, I mean constant immaturity. There yeah. was a uh, something that kind of went viral earlier this season when him and Kerr got into it. Last year there were issues with them. It just it feels like this guy arrived, or he feels like he arrived before he ever arrived, and to get suspended over something like if this was innocuous, like if Kevin Durant did this, Mike, it'd be funny, right? This clearly. It, Kind of going back when Draymond was spending for what he said to Kevin, like he probably crossed the line, right? Whatever he said. It wasn't just like, fuck you, you're not all in. It was maybe he called him a derogatory slur, just something that like even he's like, you know what? I regret saying that. I should not have said that. But but that's those things happen. To me, when something like this happens, and it's let's call it what it is, it feels kind of innocuous on the surface. Like, damn, you just what do you charge? Like a porn movie? Like who even you'd laugh? Right. Clearly wasn't that funny. As you, to some as you said on Twitter, did he did he do the Zach John the Tiger Woods to Zach Johnson? 
Although Tiger was Tiger messing around or just no Tiger just fix. watched the porn while they were both on like double beds. Yeah, <laughs> Tiger was just a sicko. As Hank Haney said, he had a porn addiction. Uh, that I, I think the Jordan Bell thing. Listen, people are gonna say, "Oh, Bell Crosby just the NFL." I, I'd cut him. But if you can't figure it out on this team with these guys, where there is the only issues they ever have are Draymond crossing the line, desperately trying to win, you know. And I got no issue with that because he produces when it matters. He's a badass. Jordan Bell. And the other element of that story was, this goes back to last year when they had a uh, player's optional shoot-around type deal after a playoff game. He played three minutes. Everyone showed, including a lot of veterans that had been like starters, because of course, Stephen Clay just show up to get shots in. He didn't. And they had to have Andre Iguodala talk to him like, Jordan, when it's optional, you're not... Even I don't I don't even know who's in the optional group, but you sure as hell ain't. So this go they, they don't. You're think at the top guy, of the not optional group. This goes back to like that. You notice who I was watching last night, thinking you know who never gets suspended, Kevon Looney. You know, yeah. it's like you know who else hasn't had one Quinn, issue. Quinn Cook, Boogie Cousins, like every this is the most harmonious place. They're probably in the history of the league. Like, Jordan was a dick, and I think sometimes Chicago probably not the easiest place to play. You're always getting challenged. Like, this place, if you just show up, you do your work, they, like, love you. They hug you. You've been on the team. They, like, take you out to these dinners. Like, it's fun. It's cool. You're kicking ass. This guy just can't figure it out. Like, and Quinn, it's not like John, Quinn Cook was a five-star recruit from Oak Hill Academy who went to Duke. And he fits in like he redshirted at Weaver well, they State. Love they, they like, they, 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 like, they, they love him. They like – he's, like – KD's best buddy. Like, they all like him. It feels like they like Jordan, but I, the one thing they don't respect is kind of fucking around. Like, if you don't take your basketball stuff seriously. Yes, if you're letting and, us down. And that's what it feels like. Like, bro, like, hey, I, I'm Draymond. Yeah, I can get some t- – I can scream at the refs. I, I'm a two-time defense – or I guess he's one time, but I'm one of the best defensive players in the last 20 years, and I lead us to championships, and I'm a starter on this team. Like, you don't get to act like me, Jordan. And, and – I don't know. I, I, I'm a big believer. Like, I said I would have cut him after he yelled at Steve. Twitter freaked out. His resume is his resume now. Like, this guy's a slap. And I, I think that if you were another team, like, if you're just a fringe team, and he's a talented guy enough where someone else is going to take a shot on him, but how many teams got to be thinking, like, why would this guy be able to flourish with us? See, Tiger's got sand in the eye. Yeah. And, and is that, is that going in? Oh, uh, did he just do that for effect? Yes. No, I mean, it's, it's pretty windy. It's pretty windy. Yeah, it is. That I don't know, man. I I think the good thing for the Warriors is, his, I don't think... No, his reputation is pretty shitty around the league right now. Like, God, this guy can't finish fit in there. Especially at a place that went out of their way to go find... Like, we want this guy. I, I do wonder sometimes, like, he came from a high-level program, Dan Altman... Sometimes guys learn from it. Other times it's like when they're given the free, like this, you would say the being a, a Golden State Warrior, you have a lot of freedom, even by NBA standards. Steve Kerr trusts you to be a pro, act like a pro, do what's necessary. All your teammates are grinders, but they're all stars. Well, those, those dinners they do are not mandatory, right? Well, I'm sure they have some that are, but no, they're not. I'm just, yeah, because I've heard people talk like sometimes pops a lot of time are. Oh. He forces you to come. Yeah. You know, it's a little more regimented. Like, the Warriors are kind of loosey-goosey, right? Now, people show up because they're all friends, but it's... And you can bring fa- you can bring the people that you're with. Like your your posse or your family or whatever? Whoever. Yeah, like Steve had family and posse. 
So no one cares if you walk in with your mom and your buddy. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't. I, I was there, so I think the door was pretty wide open. What, what if you, if you were there and like I was in town? Would uh, yeah. And I, brought, I brought it's me plus four. Do we have? No, I don't want to sit over there. That day. can I get our own table, please? And you said everything's free. Can we charge us to Mike Brown's room? <laughs> Way to bring him full circle. All right. On that note, anything else? Have a great day. I mean, you. Th- I mean, this guy's not oh, on the team. So I was going to say, yeah. Um, they got to get Kenny Wooten or Matisse Thibel. But, uh, like, to me, the good thing about him, you can keep, like, to, the reason you don't have to cut him is just because I don't, like, the st- is he really a distraction to staff or is he in his way? Well, that's a unit. It's like, we need to set the tone for who? All your max players that operate well? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if, if you think there's a chance he that's can help you. That's a counter to my argument. Like, who are you setting? That, like, Kevon Looney, like, a high-level guy? Like, he doesn't care. He thinks Jordan's a slap. Because he's been playing a little more. That's the other thing. If you think there's a, play, a potential playoff series where he helps you, then you keep him around. Well, there definitely there always is because he's unique for their team. So like that's why I don't, you're trying to win a championship, and he's you know it's like you could do whatever you need to do to him. I, I would say this: if he can't figure it out after this to get suspended against Memphis, and wouldn't you say I, I didn't realize this? I had the game on mute. That's a pretty big deal for him. His two fucking teammates that like that's those. To me, that team, those three guys are synonymous with each other, right? I would imagine, I don't know, that, that was a big night for him. Yeah. Get Dor- to play Dor- those guys. He didn't even get to go. He didn't get to hug him after the game. Like, so it wasn't just playing Phoenix. It was like playing his two teammates. And they, they weren't one-and-done guys, right? All three, it wasn't Jordan or Dylan Brooks, like a senior. And Dorsey had been there a couple Dylan of years. Brooks, I, I don't know if he, maybe Dylan redshirted or would have been hurt, but he played three years, I know. Dorsey was two years. So that, those two guys spent all three of those guys spent multiple years together. Yeah, like that, that's a pretty big deal in the NBA. It doesn't happen that often anymore. No, they're pretty tight. So that's a big deal for him to get suspended in that game. If, if that doesn't rattle his cage a little bit, it probably is never going to happen. Is that fair? Yeah. And maybe that's why the Warriors did it. Like we're at our wits' end. We got to find out if this guy's going to lock in, or we need to move on from him in the this year. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's where people are like, well, Draymond actually, yeah, but you, they never suspend Draymond to like. It's just he just crosses the line, and sometimes crazy people. Yeah, they don't do it to line. teach him a lesson. They just do it because sometimes you just have to do something. Yeah, I, I, he knows the difference between right and wrong. You know, Draymond's never had an issue. Like, you know, Draymond's late to the team bus. Like, no, basketball. Like, they don't have basketball issues. His feels are on the court, like against referees screaming at people out of the will to try to win. That's where I think scary about Jordan Bell. His stuff's kind of off the court, guy. Like, feel like he's not showing up. He's not working hard enough. He's just you're like God. Why did he suddenly just stop playing? Yeah, probably because practice habits were shitty. All right. I guess Snedeker gave Tiger the putt. That's okay. a good, that's the nice thing about this. Is sometimes you're like, where's Tiger going to putt? Oh, he just told him to pick it up. I will tell you, I've enjoyed guys just putting with the flag in. Just saves time. You texted me last night. I, I do agree. It's a, Having played golf a couple times this year, your natural reaction is like, hey, you want me to tend it? Well, no, I just leave it in. You have to tell me to yank it. Yeah. They've Not that studies. I ever played by PGA rules, but I'm just leaving. I haven't played. They've since done the studies. Anything over 20 feet, like you, you are dumb not to leave it in. Now on the green. Well, but I, you all me, I need to know was that you texted me last night, like Jesus, this goes on forever. Like there's a lot. Because <laughs> you were like, John Rom just won seven and five. I'm like, what time is it? Yeah, they, there's a lot of people. Playing. You mean I'm watching live golf right now? I thought this was a replay. You know, when it came on today at 11, like 10 people had already finished. You got a lot of people in the field. And it's kind of slow just because it's not like, you know, threesomes or four. It's just two guys playing each other. I want Romo so just, and Smoltz in a pod next year. 
Well, they should let Romo play in this thing. There should be two celebrity pods on opposite ends of the bracket, or it's just you think, four celebrities. Do you think if you would put Romo in this tournament, he could win one round of a pod? I don't know, because you got to, yeah, maybe. I guess one, I mean, all these guys are pretty good. Maybe, because to me, yeah, it's, the tough thing would be like, you were just like head-to-head where the margins are thin. I don't know. I, actually, I do think you'd have a chance in a head-to-head if you're Tony Romo. Just the guy you're playing is just way off, and you're on. Right, it's just it's not you're not playing the field. You're That's just true. You just have to be one guy. guy. That's true. But the likelihood, like how much better Aaron Wise is than Tony Romo. Also, how much do you think you have more confidence if you're playing against Tony? Like I feel like you would. Like I gotta, I just gotta go smash this guy. But sometimes that hurts, right? It does. It's like if you're yeah. a fucking college basketball player, and you show up at the Y, you're like I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna score every time. You get a little overconfident. Right. Just taking jumpers, never going to what the if, basket. What if you're a, what if you're a cowboy fan? You're like I love Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the day. Okay. Yeah, tell tell Harper, tell Howie. I said hi. Howie, maybe we'll be throwing out the first pitch. What you see, D- Doug Peterson. I saw the Philadelphia Daily News tweeted, and I, I had thought I'm like I'm sure the Eagles did something to help him. Had they made have Doug made a video and they sent it to Bryce. I guess his father-in-law, Doug's father-in-law, Bryce Harper's favorite player, and in the video he's like, Bryce, if you come to Philly, you will help my family come together because I only get to see my father-in-law right now like once a year. He will come more often to watch you play. But like in all seriousness, he just talked about the city cool. and stuff. That's cool. By the way, this podcast is out right after we did the Wednesday pod, so go back and listen to that one if you missed it. Uh, full coach and uh, GM photo breakdown there. Yes, that's always a hit. Later. Godspeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.